What's up, everyone? This is uh, one half of the two random dudes. I know it's been some time since uh, we dropped a uh, latest episode. Uh, the other random dude had life come up and uh, kind of punched him in the face, but got back on, recorded another episode of just some crazy wackiness stuff, uh, just some random stuff, sometimes off the wall. And uh, with this episode, we actually had a special guest. So it was random uh, thing number one, as she had called herself. She had talked a, bit, a little bit about that in the uh, episode. So you'll kind of hear her idea and her thoughts in regards with that. But this episode, it was uh, one of those things that there's going to be times when we get to our box and there's life outside of our box, our container that we create for ourselves. And are you one of those individuals that are open to look and just listen and get educated and potentially see something that you're not normally used to potentially? Um, and so maybe you don't know individuals that are in certain aspects of different lifestyles and whatnot. So it's just about a matter of going out there and uh, listening and get some education and just learning from other people and whatnot. So, but yeah, uh, I know it's been a, a while since we've dropped an episode, but we thank you guys for your support. We hope you, uh, you enjoy this episode, get some knowledge, get some education, and uh, we will catch you guys later. Uh, appreciate it. I'm for... Uh... For I, know. This. I know. <laughs> Are you missing a sock? We've got the sock you're missing. Don't oh be sad. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm gonna get off my OnlyFans here and jump onto my Fet Life, and because those are those are funnier. Welcome so, to the podcast. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, wait, are we on? That was our intro. I'm going to get off our. <laughs> it's all good. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, welcome. So I'm Random Guy One with Random Guy Red. and Random Girl. And wait, why can't, be, why can't we be Thing One and Thing Two so you can always bring on a Thing Three? Because there'd be three thingies. <laughs> Now we're getting into cow letters. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. So um, I am curious. Uh, the reason why this we have you on today, and th we're thankful for you joining, but um, <sighs> this podcast is so random, and it's like the best and the worst part about it. Uh, <laughs> but it, I only recently came into this understanding of fans only um, because there was a, a wrestler. She got kicked off for starting a fans only account. What, what's fans only? The only fans. You've got it backwards. Oh, only. Oh, oh. <laughs> My bad. he just created his own new business. It's for gaming and he didn't know it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Only fans, yeah. Uh, it sounded better the other way, I guess, but no, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, so oh I'm my god, I'll read y'all this one. And so, Christ. we heard that you've had some stories to share. Hi, guys. Sorry, I was just jumping over from looking at this message, random message from today. So, 
So I'm I'm thing three. Is that right? Sure. You're random random lady number one. <laughs> All right. Well, I prefer to be referred to as a thing. Thank you very much. Okay. And I am non-binary as a thing, and therefore. <laughs> So so you're so we got random dude one and two and we got thing one. Okay, we're good. Yes. You guys are just molecular entities of me. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna Rick and Morty this shit where it's like what who who's the who's the planet he dated? I don't oh, know. I haven't I've I have not come across that episode, so I know oh, that's God, another I one to get into. Rick and Morty. This is like pop culture relevance 101 i mean don't ask me the second president but like rick and morty is something we should know That's funny. all right so i just I, I was just reading right um that's embarrassing like you guys already know i typically am the kind of person if i walk up to someone and say hello i turn you know beat red and then want to hide under a tablecloth right so someone recognizes me on a platform that's got like my sexplorations on it, right? <laughs> then it's then it's really problematic because not only can I not speak, but <laughs> I generally can't move or do anything useful. So these are the these are more of the typical messages I get, right? I'll read you this if y'all want. Typical. Okay. <laughs> This is like a, a more standard message. And then I'll give you oh some goodness. examples of some of the more out there kind of messages. They're all out there in comparison to what I get. So <laughs> so my, my question on this while you're looking this up, because we've done an episode of Life Advice from the Pornhub community. And that community is very supportive. Um, there was actually... Yeah, there was a kid that came back and thanked him for the, the advice that he received, even though it didn't work out. Yeah, so like, like, the conversation went so well that he felt compelled to come back and update everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so I, mean, this... I actually did not create this account. This is on a website called FetLife, F-E-T Life, right? That and that stands for Fetish Life. Oh. And <laughs> the Thank people, right can very much be a community brings the voodoo leatherworks community and they are an alternative lifestyle community is uh the actual like advertising of it i believe but they do all kinds of things like tasting nights and all kinds of stuff now they've been closed since the beginning of covid and have not reopened to my knowledge that being said when I moved here, I knew I did not know anyone at all, right? They were the first group to reach out to me on mm. FetLife. And they were the first group of people I met. A lot of these people are professionals, right? They're I, almost all of them. Mm. They have a vanilla life. They have a professional life. And this is something that they partake in or something that they live it's an absolute lifestyle or it's just something they're interested in and want to learn more about right but in any lifestyle you have people who are a little bit out there and uh and so i've gotten a little bit more well seen on this particular page and so I get a lot of really random messages. And a lot of these messages are people just writing down a fantasy that they want to express, right? Um, so this is one of them. 
So is it kind of like putting a bid out there and just kind of hoping that somebody takes you up on the offer? Well, think about it as like a, a naughty Facebook, mm. right? It's like a it's like <laughs> oh. a kinkster Facebook. So you just put it out there, and then basically, if you if you get enough buzz going and it keeps trending, and then you're like, oh, maybe we can do something with that. Well, so yeah, so on my uh, on my my profile, right? I have an about me section. I have a section of things that I like, things that I'm into, things that I'm curious about, things that are absolute no-goes for me. What I actually really like, so I did not originally create my profile. A guy that I was dating created my profile back in 2017 and he ran it. And mm. that it was a really unhealthy relationship and uh and so I thought that the whole website was unhealthy until I took over it and I realized there's actually communities of people out there willing to help you, right? So mm. a lot of people like in the BDSM world that you have, a lot of people are familiar with the term dominant and submissive, right? There are branches from that. It can be a master and a slave or a daddy and a little or a daddy and a baby girl. Those things are different, right? Or a mommy and a baby boy, right? All of these connections are very different. Um, they're, they're like a relationship like you would think of as a husband and wife, but the dynamic and power exchange that occurs between the two are a different form. Hmm. if you will it's like it's like the freud stuff then like it's really getting into like legitimate freudian aspect yeah i mean i think look freud was freud is recognized he's in textbooks for a reason right like we refer back to his works for a reason and it wasn't because he did a lot of coke okay <laughs> so like he definitely was on to something because when you think about who you marry, who you're attracted to, your interests, your hobbies, all of these come from your upbringing. It's very much nurture, right? Hmm. So you look to your parents as your role models, almost as your gods as a child. You don't know anything else. So, of course, their imprint on you is going away in a relationship in the future. The things a lot, and in fact, they tend to be so polarized and so important that if you hate something about one of your parents, you will implement that so strongly into your life that you'll want the polar opposite in a person. So mm -hmm. like, say you had, uh, for, we'll take me for example, right? I, my, my father was a lawyer, right? very type A personality, incredibly motivated, a strong, strong individual, strong presence, larger than life, all of these things, I ended up admiring those about him, mm -hmm. right? So when I am looking for a potential partner, I'm wanting someone who's dedicated and motivated and someone who can challenge me, right? Because that's something he brought to the table that I, I appreciated versus if I really, really hated that, like you see it with people with parents who are alcoholics, if their partner orders a drink on the first date, they may never go on a second one, right? Mm. Or if I hated that about my father and, and I know it's not going to mesh well with me because some of those are my own traits, then I need someone with more of a type C personality who's calmer, who's more grounded, who can 
who can balance that energy. So knowing that about yourself, knowing what you took from your parents can really pertain to your relationship in some ways, right? And and I very much live this lifestyle. Um, I am in my ideal relationship is what's called a DDLG relationship, which is a daddy dom little girl. So it's a mix between a dominant figure and a daddy. Daddies tend to be more um, like caring, loving, spoiling to their partner, right? You got a boo-boo, let me kiss it better, right? That kind of thing makes their makes their significant other feel special. Whereas dominants oh. are more like, I'm going to grab you by the throat right now, make you weak in the knees, and you're going to do what I want because you want to, right? So there's a mix in there, and that's your DD. <laughs> Go uh, for it. One question. So would you say that in some ways this community almost kind of takes a different exploration of understanding one's self but because it's maybe something that is considered on the surface, maybe more taboo. And so a lot of people don't explore those things. So in one way, shape or form, this community has a better understanding of self, or at least has maybe identified some of those things from their upbringing or their past and trying to find a way to fill that void. In my experience, which is actually fairly limited, right? I would say a lot of people in this community have experienced trauma mm. in some mm. form and they need that type of dynamic in some way for a completedness in a relationship. So it's not necessarily that they're more in tune with themselves. Many of them are less in tune with themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't understand why they like a certain something or other, right? But they just know they like it. Sure. They don't know there's and that's the thing, right? The the whole point of BDSM is to try to stay safe, sane and consensual is what it's called, right? But because you are giving power over to one another in some aspect, the line gets blurred all the time. And because people don't know themselves well enough, they get mm. themselves hurt emotionally. They get themselves in situations where they hurt others emotionally or physically. They don't know limits and they don't know their limits. So there's all different kinds of things. There's like soft limits, hard limits, uh, hard nose. I don't even know half of these things for myself, well, right? Is, yeah, and this is the community that also brought the term safe word into existence. You're, you're red and yellow, right? Mm. But see, that's an interesting concept. <clears throat> Fifty Shades of Grey try to tap in on this. And so many people, like, it, it, same thing with the Harley Quinn and Joker. When you see relationships like that immediately you get a whole group of people and a lot of them in the bdsm world all saying that's abuse that's abuse okay i think there's two sides to every story but i always think that way sure so there's a big part again where even though you're giving yourself over i believe in self-accountability again just talking for myself here where 
you're in a submissive state or you're in a slave state, you're going to do whatever your master says. If your master tells you to put a knife in your throat, right, you're going to do it. And, and the concept of saying no isn't one. That does not cross your mind. And there is, and it's called subspace in some, some cat. Subspace is usually supposed to be a pleasurable thing, right? Where it's like you're, you're not in control of your thoughts anymore to some capacity, but it really does get to that level. So then the question becomes if you're in a relationship with that kind of power exchange to where your dominant has taken or you've given, truly you've given, that power to them and they're not doing what's safe or sane for you right mm. that's what gets called into question on a moral and an ethical level that being said right i, I think at the same time you have to consider self-accountability because at any given point right even in abusive relationships most of the time you could literally just walk up and leave but people don't understand the mentality is so strong because I was in one. And I, I mean, it was going to kill me. I left the city to get out of it. But there was no way mentally. I tried and tried and tried and tried. It doesn't matter. Like support can help. There's all kinds of things. But this, this community, you see a lot more of stuff like that occur in it. So it's kind of interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, so to follow up on that, would you say that the difference between maybe somebody who chooses to enroll in maybe this type of community versus maybe going to traditional therapy, part of it is also because of the fantasy piece? Is that? Oh, yeah. I mean, also, it's, it's not, and again, it can I'm be not cathartic, not, it can yeah. be therapeutic, but it's like, I would never call it therapy. Right, right. You know, but for some people, maybe this is their outlet. This is also, again, it's a community, right? It's not just, I mean, you could probably do it in your the comfort of your marriage or relationship too. I'm sure mm -hmm. that happens quite often, but, you know, um, I guess I never, in my thought process, in my mind, I never would have thought it to be filling in um maybe that comfort right uh and those things but again i mean i guess everything technically can do that right for some people it's food for some people it's art for some people it's you know there's so many different levels of all those things so um thank you for sharing that that was interesting and that's fun actually too because you have every single one of those levels within the community too broken glass art photography right that's one of them tying shibari rope suspension right? Candle wax on the skin, nude erotic photography, every single thing, painting, body painting, uh, fire, cupping, all different kinds of things, heavy hitting, the way that uh, certain cuts, the way that you can cut your body in certain ways and leave different scarring like you would tattooing, right? Electric play can still do burns. There's all different forms of art within this. And there's a bunch of photography on this website, too, that's absolutely inspiring. Like, and the, the things that get me the most is when you can see the connection between the two partners in their play or in the scene that they're doing. Because that connection is, it's an unbreakable bond. It's almost like 
I I would compare it to a vanilla type of that moment when they both say I do and it's time for their kiss and they're mm. looking each other in the eyes and and everybody else around them fades away for there's like a split second where they feel each other's normalcy within each other. Mm. That is on such an elevated level it's and like you can see life. that. It's it's unreal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, I think the unique thing though too is there's actually so I've looked and like there's a language for everything, and so there's actually you can go look it up. It's erotic blueprint, and it's sex languages. And one of the sex languages is a kinky style language. And uh, the unique thing with that is the person has to have that support from the partner to be able to fulfill that aspect. Um, and so that's a very powerful thing to know who you are and how you're spoken to when it comes to sex. Yeah, he literally just came down. Wait, what happened to no names? That's thing four, you freaking thing two. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's all good. We we go by that. It's uh, he literally we'll see, just but... came down and he was like, "What's up, slut bucket?" <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing somebody brought up the fact though too is um, there is a connection because a lot of people will have a foot fetish and that part of the brain when it comes to fetishes and feet are actually right next to each other. And the gonads so... and the feet neurologically are right next to each other. So those two can get neurologically swapped, if you will. Hmm. So a foot fetish, right, is is an actual neurological, I mean, relation, the same way, like, your gonads would feel good getting off. Hmm. Same thing with your feet. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have a girl that I used to work with, um, and... I was scrolling through Instagram where I was, it was fairly new and I happened to see this profile and I recognized her like, uh, you know, because she had posted a similar photo on, I think it was like the same outfit or whatever. Right. But that this one that it was just basically wasn't her face showing or anything like that. But it was like, it was so interesting to see one person who I knew who I worked with and then see this other side of this person. And I'm sure that that has to play part of the role too right i mean that's probably adds to the ambience of it all and everything else right you're just nodding your head like yep <laughs> well it's just funny because you know i've kind of started to get known in the community uh i was already kind of known in the you know fet community a little bit uh but i got known in in our community right for other things and um and even like our friends like some of our friends who actually happen to be in the community you guys may or may not know them but they can hmm. feel it from me instantaneously right like they they pick that energy up so quickly about me um and even even like some of the networking groups i'm in Right. Like I have what's called a, a little side uh, where it's very childlike, mostly because I'm pretty much just a three year old. Like if I'm just to be honest, it's, it's what I am. I've got freaking nine Christmas trees in my house. Like, let's get real. A little as an adult has nine Christmas trees in their house. OK. And a stuffy. Right. So I, I like it's it's 
it's weird because it's genuinely like who I am. So a lot of people around me, um, what it can translate to is kind of wanting to be a protective force around me or being like a mom or dad in some ways because they see such a, a sensitivity and they see such a vulnerability there. Um, and whether that's in the kink world or in my vanilla life, I actually get that response quite often because that's the energy that I naturally give off. Screaming bad slut dragon. <laughs> Again, Rick and Morty, if you don't watch this, we're having issues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys know me. And, 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 uh, 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 oh, wait. I just fucked everything up. I mean, erase and thing one and thing two with with type one and type two. I can't tell if this is just his face. See, this is why I can't be told anything. I can't keep anything together. Uh, that's hilarious. Anyway, I do continue. the same thing with public speaking. This is why I shouldn't public speak. I told you guys. I did warn <laughs> at some point, right? That's funny. Getting redder by the second. I said it again. You're good. You're good. There's nothing that can't be fixed. So <laughs> we're just going to turn it into a deep fake anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, my face is so red. Why do I have to look at it? <laughs> so anyway, do you want me to read one of these messages? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So, oh, I do have one other one more question before we get into that. Um, how does the I guess I don't know the the proper term, I guess poly How does the poly family work with maybe the communities that you're part of are a lot of them overlapping um are some of them kind of like well that's a separate thing in itself you know what does that look like so my understanding again being very very new on this right um polyamory there people view it different ways polyamory some people take it down to the literal definition of the words meaning many loves from oh. from greek right times um, and so I, I tend to think that that can create issues at times because people will call themselves polyamorous, but say it the same way you love your mom or you love a best friend or that's many loves. Whereas really, when you think about polyamory, you're thinking about a romantic relationship with somebody emotionally physically something like that um in a more generalized societal definition uh that's typically the way i think most of society thinks of polyamory is somebody who can have multiple relationships with an equal amount of love within them um and and true polyamory which uh i would probably be in trouble but again this is just my perspective right i'm not an expert on this or anything i've gone to a few classes i've been that weird bookworm taking notes there's about 15 studies that are out there 
it falls under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. There's about seven different forms of that. Okay, so under ethical non-monogamy, you've got swingers, you've got triads, you've got polyamory, you've got polygamy, you've got all of these are forms of ethical non-monogamy, meaning consensual non-monogamy, right? Open relationships, casual dating, both of those fall under that. Um, so when you look at ethical non-monogamy, I think it was like over 20% of the nation practices that in some form and over 9% uh, of marriages in some capacity. So polyamory is just one small section of that. People who are polyamorous uh, generally will say that they, they need multiple partners or they may not need multiple partners, but they might have a primary partner who they're with most of the time and then a secondary partner or a tertiary partner and they have just as strong feelings for them. I actually think it would be very difficult to live that world. Um, I think what you're seeing now is a very big upshoot in, in millennials saying that they're polyamorous and trying to act and do that. But a lot of what I see is they have a primary relationship that starts to fall apart because they are not putting in the foundational work with their primary relationship to keep it even at a basic level, uh, let alone um, starting a secondary. And then they call something called um, new love energy or something like that, no, new romance energy, where you get a crush on someone and it's like puppy love. Well, mm. that's hard on your primary partner who doesn't have that at the same time right so you're going off with another person super excited giving them all your attention you're emotionally invested in them you're physically invested you know doesn't matter but then you come back and this is just audio by the way um i've got an elf behind me <laughs> uh, but yeah then you come back to your primary relationship when that new energy relationship or the new relationship energy has died off and you have a bunch of wounds to heal that mm. that's been created so to me communication is always key right but it becomes so much more challenging just bringing a third person into something because think about it you've got your perspective you've got their perspective you've got a mutual perspective you bring a third person in and, and you've got all of a sudden their perspective of each of y'all, then a mutual perspective. And it just keeps growing exponentially. It's tough, you know? <laughs> Is he speechless? Like, no, I was on mute because uh, I, uh, I had some background noise. So I was trying to eliminate that. But like, um, <laughs> did he lose his whole vocal range? There's like so many things I don't know. So this is so interesting because I don't know it, you know. And this is um, for a lot of people like these, like based off of my age, I grew up in this place where it was kind of like there's traditionals, but then uh, traditional things like in the traditional family, and that was kind of like the upbringing but then i've also been privy to to know of this new age of all kinds of different things whether it be in relationships or whatever so it's kind of an interesting spot for me to see 
all the different categories uh, that have emerged and pop up, right? Um, over, I mean, you can't even keep up anymore, but it's crazy just to see all the different things. So it's. See, and I know like these things about myself, right? I didn't even realize until really that I got on FetLife and started reading some of these forums and different people that other people experienced the same things and there was terms for it. And, mm. and it wasn't just me. Right. Like there's whole communities who feel the same way and have the same thing, which isn't surprising when you think about anything as a whole. But when you're I mean, I've had these thoughts and experiences and desires since as early as six that I can remember. Um, and, and really, like when you get into an in, a person's specific kink and what they're into. Right. There is usually some kind of emotional tie. Swingers are another thing where you have a partner and there's no emotional connection a lot of the time. You're just going and, and being with a bunch of different people. Like there's swingers night at Voodoo. Like they used to have that, right? Like this, mm. there's tons of different ways. In fact, I'm actually thinking about opening my house to people to a few people I trust because Voodoo has not opened back up again, right? And my boyfriend used to teach at Voodoo in, in different things. Um, and I know a lot of the teachers from Voodoo who used to teach rope or they used to teach um, heavy hitting or knife play, sword play, sharp objects, different things like this, right? Uh, and so I thought my house would be a good safe place for that. You know, there's all kinds of things, too. There's animal fetishes within it, too, right? Like being a puppy or a kitty or all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's kind of. I don't know. To me, it's it's almost become normalized. But again, I I didn't even realize it's just who I am. Hmm. Well, it's like we got a random dude one that talks about furries. <laughs> <laughs> he's brought that up so it's uh it's unique it's an interesting i mean i think everybody right like everybody at this point to some extent unless you're like super super sheltered knows that there's something called a butt plug right and mm. like all of those <laughs> yeah, they come yeah. in so many different tails and unicorn tails and, yeah. well, and, and tails and everything and, you can think of and how many people like wear them to work you know or you know what i mean they just go to work with them it's crazy <laughs> They probably do this. Yeah. I happen to be a little anal retentive. That would probably kill me. <laughs> In every sense of the word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, there's nothing. Oh, I shouldn't say nothing, but it, there's, a. it'd be, the list would be shorter of the things that don't exist now, I think. You know what I mean? Oh. So that's the rules in the internet, right? Yeah. If it exists, there's porn of it. Right. If there's yeah. not porn of it, there will be porn of it. I'm pretty sure it's like rule 39 and 40. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, like, let's get to uh, the messages now because. Um, okay. So I'll read you like a standard message, right? Yeah. And then I'll give you a, a couple that I've gotten that are uh, way the fuck out there. We'll say that. So this was written two days ago. Um, 
It's by someone called Dad for You and Callie, right? No idea who this is. It says they're 56 years old. It says, I was about to stroke my long, thick daddy cock thinking about a little girl like you. Then I saw your pictures and your pink nipples and yours. Can you making me want to have you as my special little girl at my feet telling you how I would have raised you? When I look down at my little girl and she looks up at me and I see those beautiful eyes and those perky pink nipples, she so much to tell you if you want a strong dom daddy to make you come more deeper so much more you scream right it keeps going telling you how you were raised and used text and call and then he actually puts his number in here right that kind of thing is actually more of a normal message you know what's crazy is that like it's not like a, a spam bot you can tell right it, it's it, it's authentic and I don't know. It's it's weird. But and, that is and, really strange right. to me. That's not something, right, that I would ever respond to because, sure. one, he's immediately calling himself daddy. Now, daddy is a role that the submissive will usually give to that mm. person or it, it is assumed in that person in a natural manner. Right. So the fact that he's referring to that in third person would be like the entire time saying – Tony is this, and Tony wants to see this, and Tony wants to raise you, and blah, 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 right? right. Exactly. Like, that's really weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... And on it's, top of it, talking about it in a manner of being raised is also mm, kind of odd. Right, right. Because There's I'm, just like, some weird things about it. My thought process was, like, does he view his own daughter like this, right? And that's, like, that set off alarm for me personally. Right. right. So, but again... <laughs> I and there's a really know. big difference. But maybe he's, I mean, he's like, hey, if I'm part of this fight, I'm going to go fall in. You know, I don't know. So Exactly. And so, and that's why, and, and I think that's why this community is still considered so taboo and why they still want to stay so hidden is because mm. daddy, you know, daddy and little girl, that is a, that is a biological connection that father's yeah. experience, right, and and pedophilia is something that is completely unacceptable for many reasons. Right. So, mm -hmm. so for people who do not experience what that connection looks like on a BDSM level, if you can't explain it and you can't feel it and you've never had it before, you can understand why they'd be so concerned for other people to get exactly that vision because it's not that. But as you guys know, like I am, so I am a little and I am also a baby girl and I am also like, I like all these things I like to feel taken care of, but you guys just knowing me in general, I'm not very good at taking care of myself. I can run about five different businesses but when it comes down to me trying to make myself breakfast in the morning, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> like, cannot do it. I can, I can do a million things on a professional level. Not good at self-care, right? I, I feel closer to my partner when they are giving me self-care that I'm not able to give myself. 
And a lot of people would say that's dysfunctional, right? They would, the therapist may claim, other people may claim, well, if you can't be complete yourself and if you can't work on yourself, right? Like you think too and I have had many of these conversations where you need to be complete as a person before stepping into that relationship. That's where it can be more cathartic because there are a lot of times where people are not at that level yet. I know I'm one of them, right? I struggle on a daily basis on so many things that that my partner is able to come in and and help me get through. Yeah, and I think what yeah. uh, on that there's the recognition piece is huge, right? Uh, the fact that you're understand where you're at in this process, the things you know, understanding your own pros and cons, right? That's huge. And so, you know, ideally, yeah, I mean, I think that there is an empowerment piece when you're feel complete, right? Again, to be 100% complete, to be, you know, all these things, that's probably impossible. We're always a work in progress, right? But to, to understand at least what you bring to the table or maybe where you're lacking, and at then you have a choice, right? You can say, you know what? I know it's going to be a lot of work to self-care and to be able to do that. And I know I have the means to do it because I know what needs to be done. But guess what? I'm in a position right now where maybe I don't want to. It's so much easier for me to rely on somebody else, right? And there's right. power in knowing that. But there's also, in, you know, at some point maybe you're like, you know what? Screw this. I can't take care of that. And I don't want that from somebody else because I, maybe I need it for myself, right? And again, having the knowledge and the know-how and knowing that it's on you to be able to pick and choose what you do with that, that's really, I think, where a lot of people are lacking, right? Because they, they don't have the recognition or they choose to maybe ignore it. And they're just like, I'm just going to stay with the constant because it's what I know. It's safe. It's secure. I don't want to think outside of that, right? I already have enough on my plate. But it's once you have that and, you, and you're knowingly picking and choosing. Also, on the flip side, at the same time, you also know what possible consequences are. And so you have nobody to blame but yourself. Um, right. But again, that's that self-accountability piece, right? Like you can't like if I don't get breakfast, right, because for whatever reason I didn't make it, I'm not going to turn around and point a finger at my partner and be like, you didn't feed me. This is your fault. Right. But here's the problem. Some people do that, right? Or they get fed one time. As my partner walks behind me, snickering, well, making me think I actually do this, which I think I mean, is absolutely ridiculous because I do not. There's that expectation piece too, right? If somebody brings you food one time, right, where they bring you food multiple times, the expectation is that they're going to bring it to you every time because we're creatures of habit, right? And so we have to learn how to break those things and understand that, look, yes, somebody else can feed you. It's great when they do. But... If you feed yourself, now you can do either. Or if you guys alternate and feed each other, right, it relieves the pressure. And so, uh, again, I mean, there's just so many different things that people don't think of, right, because the expectancy or because, you know, if you look at most of the conversations that people are having, especially with their significant others, it's a command and demand type conversation, mm -hmm. right? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you pick this up? Hey, can you get the kids? Can you do this? Whatever, right? And it's all these it's all these demands and it's this hey, do you know, this commanding thing or can you do this for me? But the conversations and people are always wondering like, you know, 
well, th that's the first thing they complained about, right? It's like, we don't even talk anymore. I'm like, well, when was the last time you actually had a conversation? Because most of the time when I hear you, it's you just telling me to do this or asking me to do these things, right? Right. And like that nagging piece instead of a progressive or a real conversation of like when you were getting to know each other. Correct. I mean, yeah. I think that that's such a important relational piece anyway, too, because we change as people over time. We're constant change. That's that's our constant is change, right? We grow, we we diminish, we go back and forth in all kinds of ways. So like having meaningful conversations with your significant other is always something. And here's the thing too, I was just thinking about it, right? You know, your love languages, right? Whether it's gifts or acts of service or words of affirmation, like your different love languages apply to everyone in, in some capacity, right? One of those usually is, is a way that you feel cared about and a way that you care about someone else. That is the same thing in a BDSM relationship. Uh, it just looks maybe different, right? So like, you know, uh, acts of service, right? Like if you think of an MS dynamic, say the master comes home every every night and they want their slave on their knees. That's a way that their slave can show their love for their partner, that they are able to communicate that in a physical sense and the master can feel it. And they are actively creating that energy there and making it happen and showing up for it, right? Mm. It's so many ways that that applies, but it really is almost the same way that you would care for your wife or the things that make you guys feel special to each other. I think that's the same thing that's occurring. It just looks differently, right? if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was, that was kind of a, a standard message that you get yeah, so that's a standard. So, like a couple out there, right? So, cause, cause I've, I've gotten, I got a little bit famous back in 2017 over a video I posted. Say a little bit famous, tiny bit. <laughs> and, uh, and I do, have, I do have a question because I already know people, the few people that do hear this are gonna immediately ask, can we get a link? And or can we see it? All those different things. So ponder on that. You can always get back to us if if you are listening to this, and if there's a description or if there's access to that, maybe you just have to email uh, the podcast to see if we can get it. But so again, if you've made it this far into the podcast, which I hope you have, because this is super interesting. Um, maybe if you email the podcast and we make sure that uh, and you've dropped a like. Um, and a follow, then there's a possibility. So I've asked for you, community. I'm looking out for you guys and your listeners. Don't worry. I'll do the hard part so that way you don't have to. <laughs> you just have to sit back, listen, enjoy, and then maybe later click out. I don't know. Uh, anyway, moving forward, let's go ahead and see what this uh, extreme type of message would look like. Yeah, so, so some of the more extreme things, right? Uh, there are full kinks like full kinks of people who want someone else to control their funds, right? Like they want to be told how and when to spend money or they want to spend money on you in some hmm. capacity. So I've had people message me who have asked me to control their funds 
guess what? My immediate response is, is if you reply to me one more time without sending me $70 to my Venmo, I will block you. I get $70 within 10 minutes. <laughs> and then they can reply, right? Things like this. That's totally what gets them off. That is what they want, right? That is absolutely like what they wanted. It's if they crazy. don't, they can walk straight away from it. it. Takes away from the fantasy. I mean, it's putting that fantasy right there in reality. And this is where things have to get. I it's the request I have gotten. I've gotten people who've asked to adopt me all over the country. But you have to be so careful, right? Mm -hmm. Because it'll usually be like a couple or someone mm -hmm. saying they want to adopt you. They'll fly you out there. You get to do whatever you want. They'll create a room exactly how you want. But that's how sex trafficking occurs. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be really aware there. But then, right, like some of the weirder things, I had a guy offer to send me uh, $800 to send me 1,500 pounds of cow manure and take a video of me rolling in it. Huh? I told him, right, you up that $800 to 20K and we'll talk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Oh, Didn't okay. get a response back. Sure. Guess the number was too high. I think you can put a price on just about anything, right? I had another guy ask me to watch him, like, you know, via video stream, castrate himself for $600. Oh. I just had to sit there and watch. I told him, hey... I'm a medical professional. I can only watch to a consensual point and to a point of which that is not medically compromising to my licensing, right? This And this is what I told him. He paid me $600 after two minutes. And I mean, he had the clamps and everything, right? I just turned the screen off and that was as far as I could go. Of course, he didn't do it. These are fan fantasies. They're fetishes in some mm. sense, right? They don't actually want to go through with it. They like the concept of it. But some they people want someone to make it real. But some people actually do those things. Oh yeah. Oh, so you have to be. There's a lot of different. There's like, so many different. Like, like, like oh my god, I can't tell you the amount of people who really like to roll in poop or have poop all over them. Like that's a weird one to me. But mm. again, that's a weird one to me. But there's some things like for me, me personally, I I love sensory deprivation, right? I almost, I don't want to be able to see or hear anything. And I also, there's something called consent, non-consent, CNC, which is you are consenting to not consent, Essentially, you want it taken from you in some capacity. I almost always have to operate in that fashion. So that could be really weird to a lot of people. And and it makes it really difficult because if you're talking in the bedroom, right, you're most likely not going to get a response from me. Safe words, they don't happen. I, I, you, I, oh my God, my first experience at... And my first experience at Voodoo was actually at a tasting night. They set my pants on fire on accident. I didn't know about it, but you better believe I felt some shit, right? I still mm. did not say for it because I could not. <laughs> mm. So, like, that's why it's so important to know your partner, to trust your partner, and to figure out things in advance because it can get out of hand really quickly. <laughs> that's crazy. 
I mean, it's just like so interesting, you know, because it's like all these things that I don't know. I love afterward too. They were like, did you feel any of that? And I was too embarrassed to talk anyway, because most of the time I'm too embarrassed to do anything. But <laughs> I mean, the next day I had like stuff all over my chest, like burns and all kinds of stuff because they were using the violet wand, which uses UV light. And guess what? UV light is used for tanning beds. Guess what? I'm fair skinned. So of course I burn. So I had like burns all over me, like sunburns, essentially what you would look like. Another reason people have to be uh, competent in what they're doing. And I, y'all know me, I trust almost everyone. I'm like, here's the keys to my house. Here's my credit card. Here's my car. Do whatever you want, you know? Like, so I just trust everyone and it doesn't work well for me a lot of the time. Mm. Interesting, yeah. You know, it's, I guess, um, it's going to be always a shocker, right? Uh, un unless you're a part of the community or unless you experience it yourself. Uh, and even still, some of those things probably are, I mean, everyone's always. And these are really outlier situations. When it oh. comes down to the real, like, relationship and the people who really are in the community in some sense, and, and I say community, even individuals, right, who practice this on their own, um, I like I do want to make it really clear like those relationships no matter what they're practicing are usually completely consensual they know each other better than I would think most and there are a lot of studies that show that marriages who partake and practice in BDSM have a much higher rate of success they know each other. They are forced to communicate on levels that others might not think about, right? Because they practice things that are things that others would not do, like college kind of things or like, again, setting people on fire. The trust there is mm. unreal and you need to know your partner's limits physically, mentally, emotionally. Like it's not something you get to guess at. It has to be talked through. You think somebody would be out there willing to pay me to act like a dinosaur? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's been done. I think uh, there was an yeah. entire Japanese thing where they acted like a dinosaur. Oh, really? like, like don't even try to rival the Japanese game shows. It's been done. Again, they're porn of it. Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh. You know, and what's funny is that like, a lot of this stuff you know, um, is kind of becoming less secretive right like the whole asmr community is kind of taking oh away God, sensory or, you know or increasing sensitivity you know what i mean um uh, but it's becoming more and more prevalent right i mean i think it was zoe kravitz who had that uh super bowl commercial last year where a lot of it was asmr related you know and mm -hmm. there's a whole community on twitch and everywhere else you know youtube even pornhub community has a, a great following for it you know so I think a lot of these things are they're finding ways to be able to highlight or bring it to, to a more open genre. Uh, but again, without maybe having to cross so many lines. Well, BDSM in general, right? Like people on the light side might think handcuffs, role playing, mm -hmm. um, maybe tape, uh, blindfolds. All of these things don't seem unreasonable to spice up a relationship. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. 
when you're in in relationship counseling, if you do sexual counseling, they may actually recommend some of these things. Like and the and then you have to think about why, right? Why would you blindfold someone? Well, it heightens all the other senses. It gets the mind hyper focused on other areas. So people who have maybe um, sexual disorders who are are like anxiety. Anxiety is a huge one across the entire nation, yeah. right? For those individuals, if you're able to calm their mind, erotic hypnosis is a whole nother ball game, right? If you're able to calm their mind, talk them through a story, if they have ASMR, right? I have this hardcore. If, if someone has a comforting sound or voice and can help calm your mind and focus it, it helps a lot in the bedroom. So there really are therapeutic and cathartic ways to utilize it. Um, I mean, we can, like I said, it goes all across the spectrum on so many different, I mean, sounding is a whole different thing. And mm. and if you guys don't know what sounding is, right, it, it it's about like using metal or plastic or glass and you like actually insert in the urethra of a person, you can electrify that. You can do, I, I mean, your face is hilarious, but it can just, it can escalate to that level, right? Or it can be as simple as, I want to sleep with you with my teddy bear. Like that spectrum almost as a full 359 degrees. Well, it's it's interesting though too because you look at it with the development of uh, sexuality, the human sexuality. Uh, there's a book I've been reading. It's called "Come as You Are," so it's all focused on the female sexuality piece. And uh, they had talked about you have some people that had a very high accel uh, acceleration piece where they don't have a break, and so they actually had a client that. Um, was driven, had a high accelerator. And like when she was trying to focus and if she was stressing out, like the having more sex didn't do anything for her, it actually made it worse. Um, and then you have the individuals that have a high break. And so they said, it's like a car. You have the handbrake that you can still drive with the car. It just makes it more difficult. And then you have the foot brake that you can't go anywhere. Um, and so it's, it's one of those unique things when you look at it in regards to that aspect too like you were talking about the anxiety or if they're constantly overwhelmed with things that sensory deprivation could be a means to help to kind of get through that piece um, which yeah. is unique to I think mean, about it's completely true and think about it right if you care or love somebody you you don't love them for for the kink they're into, right? You love them for their personality. You love them for all the reasons you would any any person and you want to do what makes them feel good. Like that's really where it all a lot of it stems from. Like you might have things you're into, right? But most of the time you get into certain things because your partner is into it and you recognize that. Right. And it can and it can spiral from there. And that's uh, I think that that's really kind of a beautiful thing, because when you get to learn someone like like I, I honestly I always feel bad for anybody I'm in a relationship with because I'm 
such a, a difficult energy in general. I'm so, I'm so energetic as you guys know, but that's fueled from such heavy anxiety. And then there's so many other factors, right? And when you, when you meet someone and you care about someone, you really invest energy and time into it no matter what. And that's really what kind of grows you a lot closer, I think. Um, but like, I, I don't know, you know, this is, again, something personal for me when it comes down to it. I don't know how others perceive it or what they like or don't like about it, but like restraints, um, restraints make me feel a hundred times better because emotionally I feel like, okay, if I'm restrained, right, and this person is still doing something to bring me pleasure in some capacity, it's completely because that's what they're wanting. And as a people pleaser, the people pleaser side of me, the anxiety side of, is this person feeling good right now? Or, or you know, am I looking okay? Do, do Does everything, do all the things that go through a person's mind during a sexual relationship, right? You take that away. You take away their their full ability to have any control over it and by doing that it's incredibly relieving hmm. if that makes any sense yeah that's crazy um a lot of things to to ponder and think about and again if you guys are listening to this and you have questions um reach out to us on the podcast we'll get the questions we'll get the answers and we'll get back to you and I'm sure I could find people who are far more experienced in this, like my boyfriend. I'm sure he would be probably willing to talk if you guys have questions, right? Like, I'm very, actually very, very new to this because I'm not going to do this with just anyone, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes a long time to form a relationship, to build trust, to do that with. Yeah. Well, just like anything else, I mean, anything good is always going to be, you know, a lot of time spent, you know, uh, researching, a lot of time spent testing the waters and, of course, uh, consistency and persistency and, and then the communication piece that you talked about as well. So I love that ASMR, though. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I oh, my God, those videos you play like two seconds of those videos and I'm wigging out like cannot handle it at all. I have a friend who basically puts it on and falls asleep to it. So. There's so many different, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think, um, again, that spectrum. Another one that I think also I was just thinking about is is really common exhibitionism, right? Public. People like being seen in public or like doing stuff in public or um, voyeurs are people who, who like to watch others. But like you have nude hot springs here. And you have all kinds of stuff. Like, it's really far more mainstream. It's just when you start getting more into the people who really live that lifestyle, that's what a lot, I think, becomes a little bit harder to understand. Because that's something either you are that way or you aren't. Mm -hmm. You're, it's just, I think it's really just part of your wiring. Um. And, and I also think it's kind of a beautiful thing, too, because you have to, you have to realize that about yourself. 
because that's not something that every a lot of people go into a traditional styled marriage right and it fails because they didn't realize that about themselves and they didn't know they needed that your second your second marriage has a far higher percent of divorce and one of those reasons or potential causalities of that is that the person didn't experience or figure out what they needed to about themselves to fix it for the second marriage that happens a lot. I see I, there was a huge um, a huge piece about it for homosexual men who get married to women and come out as homosexuals later because they, they were too scared to explore that side. It was too taboo, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so part of what I really do love about the opening up of this to some extent is that it does help others who may be experiencing that and might be too scared to explore it. Sure. Makes sense. Any closing thoughts? Um, I mean, how was your experience here on the podcast today? Oh, it, it was good. I love it. I, I, I should always know. I always double the time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 30 minutes because I want to walk cheese before it gets dark outside. An hour later, and I'm like, here we go. Right. No, I, I understand. It happens all the time. Um, how about you? Thing one, thing two, whatever you are now at this point. <laughs> random dude, random dude, thing two. Here we go. Random uh, no, I think. <laughs> random thing too here we go <laughs> but i think it, it's a matter when we look at it um because with the this podcast it's so random with the topics that we talk about but i think it's the education piece and it's really just showcasing things that maybe people are interested on in looking into um or just doing the research and uh, it's just another way to bring that to other people. Um, but you know what? It's it's life. It's go go do the research and then see what the experience is. If that's something that's really calling you. But ultimately, I think we just open up just very random stuff, and it's interesting just because we we never know what comes out of it. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I'm a firm believer that the more you know, the more knowledge you have, the better you can make an informed decision. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really up to you. I mean, you can choose to blindly walk away from stuff that you don't feel comfortable with, right? You can simply keep scrolling or whatever. Um, but, you know, typically where you spend your time, where you spend your energy, all those things, that's where you're going to gain knowledge. You know, I think, was it you who told me that you read six books and you're uh, almost an expert in, in that field. So again, you know, our job, our goal as podcasters, as in influencers is to just put the knowledge out there. Again, you could have, you knew what this was in the first five seconds of the podcast. You could have completely ignored it. But if you're here at this point, still listening, there's for probably for a good reason, or you, there's an interest or you identified, or it was just like me. It's so fascinating to learn about some of these things. So again, um, that's really what this is all about, just expanding knowledge. And again, maybe you find something that you identify with or that you enjoy or like, but again, you're not gonna you're not gonna like everything and the expectation is that you don't you know, I would much rather find five or six people who identify with something that they truly love and and that resonate with them versus having a mass appeal who just sharing this just because it's taboo because it's weird or whatever it is i mean that's cool too feel free to share that with your friends and, and and all that stuff but ultimately at the end of the day what we're doing is we're trying to help people expand their minds so 
I think this might be a really kind of cool podcast because I've been looking for an outlet to kind of talk about um, the vaccination. So maybe we can do something on that if you guys are ever interested, because when you like you just said, most people, right, uh, they're going to look into or research or look up things they're interested in. Well, until we had a global pandemic of COVID, people didn't know much about viruses until we had a vaccination coming out about it. People didn't know much about immunology. I have had several people message me now or send me videos um, with different things about it, asking me questions. And I think that that's something worth um, discussing because it's become the forefront on a lot of people's minds, but it's difficult to talk about. So like this could be a really cool, safe place to do so. Yeah, 100%. And again, you know, that's really what our objective and our goal is really, like I said, just to expand knowledge and uh, hopefully allow people to give them that free, uh, safe space to to talk about those things that they want to openly and honestly. And so hopefully that was your experience today. And uh, thank you so much for being on the SOG podcast. Um, <laughs> and then for everybody that's a regular listener, um, we had some things uh, life-wise that came up. So that's why it's been about... I think it's been two months since we've uploaded an episode. I got the vid, um, <laughs> and it was terrible. I got the worst of the worst, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's all completely my fault. I take the blame 100%. We can talk about the vid and all, all the stuff on there because, honestly, it was a crazy experience. Um, See, I think that's funny, too. Like, it's no one's fault, right? Right. That's something that absolutely uh, – it, it kills me uh, in in general that people want to point fingers and blame. You guys are dealing with a with a, a microbe, a virus, right? When would you ever point someone and and point at them and say, you know, we used I mean, think about it, we used to have chicken pox parties to get it over with. Oh, that man. was the thing. <laughs> Guess what? That's a herpes virus, right? That, that virus stays in your system your entire life, can shoot back around as herpes zoster and come back as shingles. But we used to celebrate that with parties and get everyone infected. But this one, right, if you're not wearing your chin diaper, you're fucking, you're a fucking dick. All right. So, uh, so like I said, I think that would be a really interesting thing because I hate the fact that people are placing blame on anybody when it comes to this because nobody... I don't know anyone's intent to get other people ill mm. when it comes down to it. True. Yeah, no, I think um, the biggest thing is for, at least for me, right? Like there's a, I feel like a sense of personal responsibility because there were so many other aspects, um, you know, being out of work, right? Um, not bringing in income. I mean, there's just so many different things that, you know, it's not, you know, this whole developed sense of my fault, right, for me, came from not only from, I mean, there's just so many aspects, right? It was like, apologizing to my wife that we're in this position. Not that I'm apologizing for us getting sick, but the fact that, like, we're struggling, right? And then there was the aspect of, like, man, I have to apologize to my kid because all he wants to do is hang out with his parents and he can't. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like right. all different things. And so there's a personal responsibility uh, of feeling those things because 
we've gone through. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love the fact that you brought that up. And uh, I, I definitely think that we should have you back for that segment for sure. <laughs> Maybe we can, uh, we can bring my brother on. He's a doctor. We'll, we'll have some fun with this. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good one. Be good, yeah. He's a naturopathic doctor too, right? Nice. That's got its own stigma with it. Yes. Um, so yeah, it could, it could be very interesting because I'm sure he and I have uh, different views on it as well. Um, cause uh, you want to be able to talk with people with different perspectives. Sure. Cause I think that that makes it really interesting. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's yeah. what you have to have, right? You've got to have those things, um, as part of your network, as part of your things. And again, you know, the goal is obviously not to end up in, in fight, but to have true dialogue, right? And that's how you're going to be better and how you get better is by surrounding yourself around people of, you know, of all types of walks and paths and, I just want to fight you. That was it. Hey, fight. You know what? Sometimes the but only want to fight you when you have Rona because you'd win otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the first probably 10 seconds, the first thing I hear is, oh, I'm going to go ahead and close my uh, fans only count. <laughs> Wait, oh my god and i'm creating a second one hey go. anybody who wants to make money i'll give them a percent cut i've got enough content to last you know 18 different profiles for a lifetime so bring it on that's funny yeah no, that's just awesome so um definitely appreciate the time and um again if there's anything that you guys are listening to and you guys want to connect with us Feel free to email us again any questions. I and mean, we'd love to be able to have a segment where we get just get a chance to kind of read some of your comments. Um, you know, answer any questions. And again, if we don't have the direct questions, you know, and they're for the guests and stuff like that, we can reach out to them for or you on your behalf and um reach out to see if they want to make those connections directly as well. So anyway, um I hope all is well with you guys out there and, and let us know. If you guys have a podcast, let us know. We'd be happy to uh come and support yours as well. Um Thing too, do you have anything else on your end? Are you sticking your tongue out? This may have been the, the, the quietest that you've been on the podcast yet today. So I apologize on that for, for me. I was going to say, I apologize too. I think that was probably my fault. It's all good. Uh, it's, a, it's a team effort. So like sometimes I'll take more more than probably I should. But, you know, it's a team effort. So uh, this is just an, an enjoyable thing. And just to uh, see it because I think – since we've only had four episodes uploaded and I was looking and I think we've had a total of 45 plays on the four episodes. So it's, uh, <laughs> whatever, here we go. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys, we will catch you next time on the sock podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time. Bye. Later. Thank you for having me on. <laughs>